Great to see you. Uh, as Johnny said, my name is Rich. And for the rest of our time uh, this morning, going to just be helping us think about uh, what's going on today uh, and baptism and uh, Christianity and all that stuff. Whether you're here for the first time or the millionth, uh, hopefully this will be uh, something that you can engage with. Just a quick thing, my baptism story, uh, a word of warning, I suppose, to you three. Uh, I got baptized. I'd never been to a baptism when I got baptized. Uh, I wasn't from a kind of a Christian background, so I didn't really know what was going to happen. My assumption, okay, was that when I was to be plunged into the death of Jesus in the pool, was that I would be plunging backwards. That was my assumption. I don't know how it's going to happen today. It may be backwards. Check. Um, Because as I went like that, my friend and my pastor went like that. And I promise you, I sort of did like this, into the water, and I injured my back, and I spent the afternoon at my parents' house with all my family eating cheese sandwiches, and I couldn't move. And so, baptism can be great, can be dangerous. So, backwards, okay. That's what he says. Yeah, we'll see. So, warning given, uh, let's have another, think about another uh, few aspects of this. Um, I want to reflect with you uh, for the next little while about what's happening today through one very specific lens. I want to think about this day through uh, one word, and it's a word that is a bit of a buzzword in our culture, and rightly so, I think. I think it's a word that sums up uh, a huge amount of our longings as human beings and our motives uh, really behind almost all that we do. And the word and the theme I want us to think about is this. It's freedom. Freedom. That's what I want to talk about today. Now, I wouldn't profess to know everything about all of you. I know some things about some of you. Uh, but I know that you long for freedom. Uh, I've not kind of nicked your phone and read your texts or anything like that. That's not why I know. I know because most of you appear to be human beings, and human beings across time and different cultures all long for liberation, for freedom. Uh, We know this because uh, if you just think about uh, the stories in our society, uh, at the moment, because it was very cheap on Kindle, not because I'm profound, um, uh, I'm reading when I can't sleep at night, which happens quite a bit, I'm reading uh, with my bright light, 1984, and uh, this is a story of an oppressive state, and uh, this state can hear you, and it can see you and it can listen to you, and it can watch you, and it's in front of you and behind you and all around you, and you don't know who you can trust, and it's everywhere. And this story is this story of a desire to break free. I've not finished it, so I don't know whether they do. Um, Exciting. Um, But it's this story of a quest for freedom from this oppressive state. Slightly less profound, um, Braveheart. Uh, Braveheart is, again, a story of trying to break free from an oppressive state, that being the English, uh, of which I'm a proud member. (laughs) And as there's this cry for freedom, as we want to not be oppressed by those horrible English people south of the border, or even more profound, think of some of my favorite stories at the moment. Think of Moana and Frozen, okay? (laughs) Things I'm watching painfully large amounts of at the moment. 
Um, think of Moana. Moana is this uh, girl who grows up on an island under the dutiful care of her tribe and family. But she, like most Disney characters, wants to break free. She wants to sail across the reef and follow the farthest star. And if you know Moana, you'll be impressed at my specific <laughs> references there. Uh, and be free and go to the expansive ocean. And anything could be out there. Or think of Elsa. What does she say? You can sing it. No right, no wrong, no rules for me. I'm free. Yeah, free. Yeah. Good. Thanks, Beth. (laughs) I'm free. It's in us, in our society, from 1984 to frozen, we want not to be limited either by the state or the English or other people's expectations of us. We want to be free. And that's not just in our stories, it's also in our societies. It's kind of explicitly woven into the fabric of Britain. So British values, that most vaguest of phrases you hear banded about. Apparently, according to Ofsted, which is an authority, British values include lots of different things, but individual liberty is is part of being British that we believe in that. Uh, Think of the French Motto, I won't do it in French, but liberty, equality, fraternity, it's part of their culture. Or think of the home of the brave, the land of the free across the pond. It's in us, in the West specifically as well, but humanity across the board, we long for freedom. I think this is really interestingly portrayed in a very profound film uh, called Titanic, Uh, In Titanic, Kate Winslet's character, if you've seen it, I watched it with my babysitter when I was 12, and that scarred me and the babysitter. I promise you that. But me and my babysitter were watching it, and Kate Winslet's character, uh, Rose, her name is, is in, she's trapped, isn't she? She's trapped in an abusive, uh, both physically and emotionally, uh, an abusive marriage to Cal, who's Billy Zane's character. And almost to symbolize this, they go onto this boat, and then she's really trapped. She can't get away. And she tries, and it's quite a big boat, but she can't get away. She's trapped. And there's these scenes of, do you remember the corset being tightened around her, and she can almost not breathe? And it's almost a symbol of the oppression that she's experiencing. Maybe I'm reading too much into Titanic, I don't know. But then there's this whirlwind romance with Leonardo DiCaprio. There's the Irish dancing. Spoiler alert, it sinks. Um, and, And most of them die. And a few of them survive. And because the ship was setting course for the States, that's where the survivors are taken. And there's this scene where uh, Kate Winslet is being processed as a survivor, and it's raining, and it's dark, and this guy is kind of doing the list, and who survived. And two other figures appear in the scene. The first figure is Billy Zane's character, Cal. He survived too. And he starts to say her name. He can't see her. He's looking for her. Rose, 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 Rose. And she starts to realize, and you can see this turmoil. What do I do? I'm on my own. Jack sank to the bottom of the sea. And do I go back to this oppression that I know? And as she's mulling that, another figure appears in the background as the camera pans around. And it's the Statue of Liberty. And she's there. What do I choose? And rightly and brilliantly and correctly, she chooses Liberty, ignores Billy Zane, 
and then Celine Dion sings, and then that's the end of the film, okay? <laughs> now you see, faced with a choice between restriction, oppression, and freedom, there's only one choice, isn't there? You want to be free. We all want to be free. Now, why am I saying all of this? I think it's uh, fair to say that our love of freedom is pretty much why, if you're here looking in on Christianity, you pretty much assume it would ruin your life <laughs> to become a Christian. And that's not to say anything bad about these Christian folk here. Aren't they all nice? Yay. But you know that to become a Christian, to choose a God and follow him and his ways, it feels restrictive, right? It's why I, as a Christian, I've been a Christian 10 years, why I, as a Christian, often actually feel tempted to think that I would be more myself more free, more fulfilled if I left this thing behind, actually. It was Christopher Hitchens, who, a great writer, passed away, uh, described following the Christian God as being akin to life in North Korea. And uh, he made the link between the, 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 the power that knows what you're doing and sees what you're doing and oppresses you and restricts you and limits you. And I won't use the exact quote because it was full of words you don't say at church. But Christopher Hitchens said, the, the thing is, it's actually worse than living in North Korea because in North Korea, at least you can flipping die and escape it. But in Christianity, you die and you have more of this God with his rules and his restriction. And he was like, no, thank you. It can feel like to enter willingly into the Christian faith is to choose to be watched and to have rules put upon you that lessen you. It can feel like that. It can feel like to become a Christian and follow Jesus's way and say, I'm dying to me, I'm going to do things this God's way, it can feel like Moana staying on the island, looking out to potential freedom, but just doing what she's told by her mum and dad for the rest of her life. It can feel like that. Now, here's the thing. You may have caught in the singing that happened that Christians seem to think that the opposite is true. That coming to become a Christian is a moment where you step into freedom you never knew was possible. And billions of people around the world seem to believe that them coming to know this God is the moment when they finally, truly, at last become free. So which is it? You might have heard these songs. I didn't know we were going to sing these today, but... My chains fell off. My heart was free. Um, and other ones that I should have written down in the worship that were about freedom. We sang these songs that seem to suggest that Christianity frees us. And the Bible agrees with that. The Bible certainly agrees with that. The Bible says things like, Christ has set us free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. 
If the Son, that's Jesus, the Son of God, sets you free, you will be free indeed. So which is it? Does Christianity restrict us and make us less, like Christopher Hitchens would believe? Or does Christianity free us? Now, what do you think I'm going to say? I'm not going to say it frees us. (laughs) Are we okay? (laughs) Actually, I'm going to say something that sounds slightly like a fudge, but I'll show you why it's really important that we see this. Does it restrict us or free us? I'm going to say both. Both. Or more accurately, in restricting us, it frees us. In restricting us, it brings us at last freedom. And I want to spend just the rest of the time explaining what I mean by that with a few uh, different ways. Now, generally, I think uh, when you think of what freedom is, our culture would roughly define it this way, that it is the absence of restriction. That to be free is to have outside uh, influences upon me lessened or removed so that I can be left to be free. Now, some restrictions are bad, aren't they? And some restrictions make us less and kill us. Uh, You have to watch 12 Years a Slave to see that some restrictions oppress us. And I'm not speaking about those glibly today. Some restrictions are bad. But I would propose that we all know and all live, whatever our religious affiliations, fully aware that the absence of restriction isn't always freedom. Uh, Think of the London riots uh, a little while ago. Uh, This moment in our culture that we are not proud of Do you remember it? Do you remember what happened? Do you remember I was on holiday and tuned in and saw my nation burning (laughs) and people just, what is happening? This moment where a snowball effect of people saying, we're not going to live under these expected restrictive norms. We're going for it. We're looting. We're burning. We're fighting back. And it's not a thing that was freedom, I think. It actually came to Birmingham, uh, it came to the Bull Ring, it came to Selly Oak Station, that, uh, quite small scale, but I believe the ticketing machine was really in for it, uh, <laughs> Selly Oak. But, <laughs> but in, in rioting, the, 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 at last, the, the letting off of boundaries didn't bring freedom, it brought anarchy and destruction. Think about the teenager who stabbed uh, a student or two in Selly Oak uh, last year was uh, charged and uh, arrested and they did the stuff and he was sentenced just last week. Uh, someone who kind of kicked off some expected norms, some restrictions like don't stab people for goodness sake and threw those away and I don't think that's freedom. Now some restrictions are bad. Black people cannot sit on this seat in this bus. That is a a death-bringing, life-sapping restriction, an appalling restriction. But some restrictions bring freedom. Like, don't stab people. Don't stab people. There's your take-home point. 
you and I are driving along, think of another example uh, today, and we reach a junction that is normally governed by oppressive lights that, that tell us what to do, but today, hallelujah, they're broken and we're free. This happens at the Northfield Crossroads above Barnes Hill all the time. And I promise you, it is not freedom, it's carnage. And actually, it's dangerous. Think about seatbelts. My two-year-old is always asking me why I have to wear this. She fights against it. Like this. And I try and explain gently. The other day, I just said, because if you don't, you might die. (laughs) And she's like, okay, okay. Now, is a seatbelt... (laughs) is a seatbelt an oppressive chain tying you to a chair? Or is a seatbelt a means to freedom? Think about a whale. A whale is free when it's in the environment that suits its nature, when it's in the expansive ocean or leaping a yard above it or two. That's when a whale is free. You know, you watch David Attenborough stuff, and you see, wow, and a bit of string music, and you think, oh, I just have to go to work every day, but a whale has it. Look at that. Okay? Now, when a whale liberates itself from the boundaries of the ocean and follows its heart, (laughs) what happens to a whale? It dies. It dies. Some restrictions are, are very bad. But some restrictions bring us life. Stay in the sea, Mr. Whale. Stay in the sea. Think about human rights. Human rights tell us what we must do and believe about every human on the planet. And you ha- it's not optional. You have to believe these things. Okay? Does that oppress us? Or does believing in the value of other lives, or respect for one another, or religious freedom, do these rights actually free us? Are they oppressive, or do they free us? Think of falling in love. On the one hand, getting married is to reduce your potential list of sexual partners from 7 billion and that's only humans, to one, to one. Now, percentage-wise, the amount that I am restricting myself in choosing to commit myself to one of those humans, percentage-wise, it's a lot of restriction, isn't it? I could do what I want. I could be who I want. I could do anything. No, I'm going to forsake all others for one person. And yet, though this kind of happens sometimes in our culture, mostly in our culture, we don't go to weddings and go, you idiot. You're ruining everything. We normally go, oh, they're they're just perfect for each other, actually. Think about a musician. A musician has spent most of their school life knowing that whilst they're practicing, others are out being free. 
whilst they're chained to their piano, going or whatever it is. Scott, our pianist from earlier. But actually, when you see a musician 20 years down the line making music, they're more free than any of us. Some restrictions lead to freedom. The last example, think of a storm. And a, a, a woman is lost at sea on a sailing boat. And the storm rages and the sharks start to surround her. And she sees that her boat is giving way and she's going to sink. And above her, after silence, comes the ch 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 of a helicopter. And the helicopter appears. And someone in the helicopter shines a light down and says, we're here for you. And then comes down on the little rope thing and comes down and holds her and says, I've got you. Now, what does that woman say? She doesn't say, please don't invade my personal space and restrict me. Uh, I am an individual and I will determine the course of my fate. Thank you. She goes, grab me and never let me go. Never let me go. Because some restrictions bring freedom. Now, here's the thing about Jesus. Jesus is really honest, which makes a lot of religious people really uncomfortable when they actually read what he actually said. He's very honest indeed. And one of the things I love about him is he is not a spin doctor for the Christian faith. He tells it how it is. And he says very upfront that the Christian life, a lot of the time, is going to feel like restriction. He actually says it. He says in Matthew 7, he says, the gate is narrow and the way is hard. This is a, a, a phrase, the way. It means the journey, the process of doing life, of walking through life with Jesus as your God. And he says, it's hard. It's hard. At one point, talk about this for press officer stuff, he says that being a Christian feels like death. And he says, do you know the best illustration of what it is to be a Christian? To throw your all in with Jesus, to say, I'm yours, and be baptized, and go for it. He says, it's like picking up the cross and walking after me to death. It's cheerful, isn't it? It's like willingly laying down your life and actually saying, I'm not going to do now for the rest of my life what I want anymore. I'm going to choose to do what you want. But here's the thing. That isn't the end of the sentence in Matthew 7. He says this. Gate is narrow. The way is hard. That leads to life. That leads to life. He seems to say that as you willingly accept the real limitations that being a Christian does put on you, you go onto campus, who looks the most free? It ain't the Christians. <laughs> there are some restrictions. There are some limitations. Absolutely. But he seems to be saying that as you willingly choose to limit yourself in Jesus' name and follow his way, there you find life. Life in all its fullness. Now, what if giving ourselves to Jesus wasn't like being locked in a prison cell of rules and regulations, but was more like falling in love or making music or being rescued 
and held in the storm. Maybe the question isn't, how can I be free from all restriction? But which of all the restrictions that I could submit to would most make me flourish? Which of all the restrictions I could have will make me like a whale in the ocean? More importantly, so I begin to wrap up, whose restrictions would lead to my flourishing? And uh, no kind of surprise, uh, Christians believe Jesus's. Jesus's restrictions are those that bring you life. And uh, maybe you say, okay, great, sign me up. Death, crucifixion, I'm all in. Thanks, Rich. (laughs) More likely, you might have a question or two about that. You might think, no thanks. But I want to end by just saying two things about Jesus. The first is this. What if Jesus made you? You're like, huh? But just what if... Uh, When I put my garden furniture together, the most important moment is the moment when I turn to the manual of the person who made the furniture, right? Because they know how it works. I did not do that. Which is why if you come to my house and sit in my garden, you will notice that one of the chairs, the back, is on backwards, (laughs) and therefore you sort of sit like that. Uh, It's a bit strange. Um, because I didn't follow the ways of the designer who, of course, knows best. I was like, I'm going to be restricted by the instructions. And now I sit strangely. (laughs) What if he made you? What if? What if he is therefore absolutely best placed, not cultural norms or whoever's loudest on Twitter that day? What if Jesus of Nazareth is best placed to show you the way to true freedom? And the last thing I'll say is, what if, what if Jesus of Nazareth died for you? You say, that would seem irrelevant to this discussion. The only thing I'm going to say about this is no one on campus or in the media, or in your family, or in Birmingham, or in the world, will show as much commitment to your freedom as Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth, whether you love him, hate him, you cannot argue that in laying down your very life for others, No one has done more than that, especially if you think he's your maker. (laughs) Sort of God is this. And what I want to leave you with is the suggestion that if Jesus made you and if Jesus loves you enough to bleed for you, then you can trust him when following him feels hard at times. Guys getting dunked baptized, sorry. (laughs) Check whether it's backwards or forwards, top tip. Second tip, the way is hard, but he made you and he died for you and you can trust him. Go his way. There's nothing better, nothing harder, nothing better than the way of Jesus.
I'm just going to pray for a moment and then I'll hand back to Johnny.